0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Leading in a Crisis podcast. On this podcast, we talk all things crisis management with a focus on leadership, and we deliver that exciting content through interviews, storytelling, and lessons learned from experienced crisis leaders. I'm Tom Mueller coming to you from Houston, Texas today. With me is my colleague, Mark Mullen, joining us from Washington State. Hey, Mark. Hello, Tom. On our podcast today, we're going to do something a little bit different in that we're going to take a deep dive and do a case study on the recent Alaska Airlines incident involving the in-flight emergency and the door plug that disengaged itself from the aircraft in the air. So we uh, anticipate a fairly spirited conversation between Mark and I as we review the various communications from the different companies uh, who participated and are continuing to participate in this event. So Mark, uh, if you don't mind, lay out for us, who were the companies uh, involved in this? And then we'll kind of run the timeline and see how they manage their communications.
1: Sure, we have in one corner, Alaska Airlines, flying the airplane with the passengers aboard it and the new picture window. Um, we have Boeing, the manufacturer of the entire aircraft. We had Spirit AeroSystems who assembled the the fuselage and 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 including things like plugs. Then we have the National Transportation Safety Board regulator and the Federal Aviation Administration regulator, both who certify safety of the aircraft.
0: That is a lot of companies and agencies in a position to communicate about a very, very serious incident. So this is, uh, is a complex scenario, as most aircraft incidents are. Now, thankfully, this incident had a happy ending, at least for the acute phase of this crisis, in that they were able to land the aircraft safely, and, um, and everyone evacuated uh, from the aircraft, no injuries. Let me do a quick walkthrough of the timeline here so we're all on the same page around the incident. It started uh, Friday, January 5th. The aircraft departed from Portland at 5.07 p.m. About six minutes into the flight, the door plug disengaged from the aircraft, which caused rapid depressurization uh, at 16,000 feet. Now, I suppose... They're very fortunate that they were at a higher cruising altitude when this occurred, but still a very, very dangerous and scary situation. The pilots landed the plane safely, even with the new picture window, as Mark described it a moment ago. But no one seriously injured or killed. So, Mark, a very, very serious situation. It turned out well. But as you step back and think about the communications aspects of this, um, thinking about, you know, Alaska Airlines would kind of been the first up in communicating around this. What do you uh, what's your assessment of, of how they came out of the gate?
1: My personal opinion is that while the, uh, the time they spent three and a half hours about to their first statement, first statement um, was not that long, it was too long. I think we need to keep a basic equation in place, which is accident plus ability to capture images and broadcast them equals you'd better hurry. And and given the fact that Friday evening we could look at pictures of the blown out door and and see pictures of the of the inside of the cabin and all sorts of other imagery that while the statements were good and supportive, they should have had something out much more rapidly.
0: Yeah, we talk about the golden hour of, you know, having that first statement drafted, approved, and ready to get out at about an hour into an incident. As we look at the timeline here, Alaska Airlines was about three and a half hours before they got their first statement issued. And then about five hours in before that statement appeared on social media. That feels like a very long time. Mark, I I go back and compare that with Southwest Airlines. Uh, They had an incident uh, two years ago now where they had an engine explode in flight, which uh, punctured the fuselage and caused a similar emergency situation. In that instance, uh, Southwest had a communication out within about 40 minutes of the plane touching down. So very quick, very on the ball, getting something out quickly and i think uh, airlines are probably among the best at this and being prepared for dealing with catastrophic situations like
1: this i agree with that they that was a that was a good time span and and obviously they had to wait for the plane to land but but then they could communicate as quickly as possible
0: and again we want to just congratulate the pilots and the crew on board that aircraft who you know, who followed their training, who kept their cool, who got that plane down safely and got everybody off safely. That's the most important thing of all this. But of course, the story goes on. And that's what we're looking at. So we're taking a look at Alaska Airlines now. In a moment, we'll take a look at Boeing's communications in this acute phase of this crisis. And we'll also take a quick look at Spirit Aerosystems. It's just a company that manufactured that fuselage staying with the Alaskan Airlines communications aspects here, Mark, I noticed uh, that they were pretty quick to get a banner up on their company website, a banner that you know said, hey, if you're looking for information on this flight incident, click here and it take you out to get more information. So I was happy to see them engaging on social media and on the crisis website. And then we did see a CEO statement come out as well. This was about eight hours into the incident. So it would have put it in the early morning hours of Saturday morning, which of course means your communications teams burning the midnight oil uh, in a situation like that. Mark, what would you say is happening uh, at the offices of Alaska Airlines during this time?
1: well I would think first of all they they obviously made the decision or followed policy to communicate as quickly as possible. Um, they did not wait for regular business hours um, they posted information as quickly as they could verify it um, they obviously had a concern for their reputation of course but more important than that they had a concern that that, people consider Alaska Airlines to be a safe airline to fly on an airline that operated safely. And and so they didn't hesitate to start talking about safety. And they didn't try to uh, prevent their public, their shoppers from knowing everything that happened. I really appreciate that they quickly redirected people so they could go read about the specific event as quickly as possible. Um, So I'm sure they were very busy all night long, and I'm sure they were very busy crafting well, it would become their endurance statements. And, and and to me, you know, they've continued to communicate very well. You can go there today and get the latest updates. I think they worked all night, but I think they, that was worth it for them.
0: You know, it was just craziness and chaos, uh, as it would be with any company have, suffering a major incident, especially, and what was it? <laughs> Five o'clock on a Friday night is when this particular one occurred. And how often is it that a major crisis happens on the weekend or on Thanksgiving or Christmas? So it just goes to reiterate then why it's important to have a rota for your team. You've got somebody on call. You can mobilize your team quickly if you need to. Mark, I want to take a quick look at the statement uh, that the CEO put out. Again, this was about eight hours into the incident. You know, when we look at these statements, especially early on, we want to see empathy coming through and a recognition of the impact that the incident is having on your customers, on people in surrounding communities, whatever it might be. And so we definitely want to see that kind of empathy coming through in the statements. I have to tell you, the first couple from the airline, I wasn't sensing a lot of that. But then when the CEO statement came out, um, he had a very nice paragraph in here. I just want to read a a little bit of that so you get a sense for it. He said, my heart goes out to those who were on this flight. I am so sorry for what you experienced I am grateful for the response our pilots and flight attendants gave. We have teams on the ground to assist passengers and are working to support guests who are traveling in the days ahead. That I thought was very nicely done. My critique on that would be that it was the fifth paragraph in a five paragraph statement. Um, Although overall, well done. The empathy thing kind of drug a little bit, but as you think about CEO statements or senior executive statements, Mark, how do you like how that one came through from Alaska Airlines?
1: I thought it was clear. And, and I personally, again, we all read differently, but I personally thought having it at the end was was good because it's the last thing people are going to read. The only if, issue would be if they got that far. But it was clear. I appreciated the empathetic tone of it. I appreciated that um, there was no... No evidence that they were drawing corporate lines around who can say what they were. They were speaking directly to what people would appreciate hearing, and which would help, help assure people that that they were responding with understanding about the impact this had on their passengers.
0: I can only imagine the throes of creating that statement under a lot of pressure. The legal guys are all over you reviewing that and wordsmithing it. So a lot of pressure on getting a statement out from the CEO. But again, nicely done there. And it's something that communicators just have to be ready for. And that's really why we coach people to have some of these statements prepared and ready to go. Your crisis communications plan should include some template statements so that you can get them out quickly. They've already been reviewed by legal, except for a few of the details and you can get rolling quickly.
1: Right. And they did a good job here of expressing empathy or we're sorry, um, without stating in any way that it was their fault. And, and that, that's, that, spotlight on fault is circling through already at that point in time but they they were able to get through their attorneys and be able to tell people basically we really empathized with what has happened to you and which is basically saying we're really sorry for what happened to you but escaping any idea of um of fault or blame because that spotlight's looking for somebody
0: that spotlight is looking for somebody i love that mark <laughs> Hi everyone, Tom Mueller here. One of the challenges we face in the crisis space is keeping our teams engaged in thinking about crisis response. One approach I have found to be very effective in that space is using case studies to guide a conversation around crisis readiness. This can be a fun and engaging way to stimulate your team's thinking about crisis, and it can be delivered in as few as 30 minutes. That makes it an ideal addition to a team meeting agenda. One of the services I offer here is leading these facilitated discussions. I can deliver this virtually or in person as part of your next team meeting. And I can guarantee a fun and engaging conversation. If you're interested or want to learn more, please email me at tom at leadinginacrisis.com. That's tom at leadinginacrisis.com. Now back to the show. And of course, as we know, this situation evolved very quickly from an Alaska Airlines incident onto a Boeing aircraft manufacturing incident. And so that spotlight, while initially focused on Alaska Airlines, has quickly turned over to Boeing. And let's take a look uh, real quickly here, Mark, at how Boeing communicated in the uh, in the early hours of this incident. As I've gone back and looked at the timeline, uh, I see that uh, the first communications from Boeing came out about one o'clock on the day after the incident Uh, and that was something they broadcast out on social media and just reiterating that safety is our top priority and we regret the impact this event has had on our customers and their passengers. Boeing went on to say that they fully support the FAA's decision to require immediate inspections, and they're they're there to help support those inspections and that investigation. So they were, you know, within about, oh, 15, 18 hours, they were out communicating about it as that spotlight started shifting Over to Boeing. Mark, what's your sense? Was that quick enough in terms of getting communications out, or do you think they should have been uh, speedier with it?
1: Well, the minute the plane had the incident, it was known that it was a Boeing aircraft. Um, Obviously, that's about the time Boeing was notified of it through Alaska. Um, So, in a sense, when that plane touched ground and the passengers were safe, Everybody had an opportunity to start their communication process. And as you pointed out, Alaska was out in three and a half hours. And and they were up on Twitter, X, in five hours. And the CEO was on the next day. And the website banner went up quickly. Boeing was finishing second to that. That's, that's the one thing I see there is, is it took longer for them to begin to communicate with the public. This is an incident where people knew right away it was a Boeing aircraft and they they everybody saw the same pictures and they saw them at the same time, so while their content was good again um they they probably could have said something sooner than they did
0: you know mark this uh example uh takes me back to the the deepwater horizon oil spill, where uh initially you had a a Brig on fire in the Gulf of Mexico, which was operated by an offshore operating company uh, and so initially the focus was on that company although the the field and oil was owned by by BP the and there's that sort of fog in the first hours of the incident about well who really owns this and I just I see a very similar story playing out here with Alaska Airlines and Boeing. And a Transocean and BP during deep water. Eventually, you know that spotlight shifts and it bears down hard on you know a responsible party, and it feels like that spotlight is is hard on Boeing at this
1: point in time. It may be hard on them, but it's pointed it's pointed in the direction it's going to end up going. It was either an Alaska safety issue or it was a plane air, aircraft issue. And it was, it was pretty clear that already the general consensus was that um, the airline did a pretty fantastic job of getting the plane down, and uh, the, the, the issue was the plane. That's going to do it
0: for this episode of the Leading in a Crisis podcast. On our next episode, we'll pick up the conversation between Mark and Tom about the Alaska Airlines crisis situation and how the companies are managing crisis communications around the incident. Thanks for being with us. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe to it. And please tell your friends and colleagues about it as well. We'd love to have a few more follows. Thanks, and we'll see you next time for the next episode of the Leading in a Crisis podcast.